So much to get to with the Timberwolves' run of great play here. The big three playing together. I mean, literally the big three playing together. Winning games they would not have won last year. Uh, Rudy Gobert's dominance. The fact that these players don't want to take games off. Uh, the return of Ant and McDaniels at some point. Wembenyanima, we think, coming to town on Wednesday. So much to get to, but I want to start here, John. This is fun, and I think sometimes sports writers, sports media, sports fans forget that the whole point of these enterprises is to be entertained and to have fun. This team is an absolute blast to watch. It is, and and I I, I think that is a great place to start, Jim, because um, – you know what we do not know how this season is going to play out as a whole yet we don't know if they're going to stay healthy we don't know if they're going to hit a rut if they're going to um fall back to earth a little bit from the way that they've been playing and and, and drop down the standings a little bit um we will see how all of that happens over the next several months here and and you'll just kind of follow along that way but uh, in the interim, what we do know is it's it's something that literally Timberwolves fans have never seen before. They've never seen a team start 15 and four um, out of the gates like this team. And the stat of all stats, Jim, that was brought up by one of our uh, editors at the Athletic NBA, um, I believe now we're we're recording this on Monday morning, so. I think it is four, 14 days, 13 or 14 days that the Wolves have been in sole possession of first place in the Western Conference this season. They they went uh, they they moved into that spot November 19th. They have not given it up yet. In the entire 34 year history of the franchise prior to this season, the Wolves had been in sole possession of first place in the Western Conference for 10 days total over the last 34 years. And so that is, I think, just a perfect number to say there are a lot of Wolves fans right now who are very happy, who are enjoying this, who are planning parade routes, who are kind of over the moon, really just with the way that this is going. And I'm saying that is okay. Like, embrace this, have fun with it. Because you have waited a long time to have something even remotely close to this to be intrigued about, to be uh, enjoying yourself with. And so uh, it is a group that has been enjoyable to watch, that plays hard, that that is aesthetically pleasing, that um, that that really kind of seems to be together. And, and that's fun. And so I think Wolves fans deserve to enjoy this moment in the sun forever, for however long it lasts. No doubt about it. Now let's get into the weeds. Uh, this is the John Krasinski Show, part of TalkNorth.com. If you like the show, please subscribe at your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, and our many sponsors, TSR Injury Law, Tony Hoagland, my State Farm agent, Head Flyer Brewing, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar. Thank you, for sponsoring the show. Thanks to everyone who listens. We do appreciate it. And this is a great time to have the best Timberwolves show in Minnesota on our network because the Timberwolves are the best local team. And right now they're playing as well as any team in the NBA. And the record reflects that. Uh, let's start here in terms of pure basketball. I wasn't sure if or when we would ever see 
Towns, Gobert, and Nas playing significant minutes minutes together. Uh, they played together against Charlotte, and it actually looked pretty good. Yeah, it was a it, a great decision, I would say, by Chris Finch in that moment in the fourth quarter against Charlotte on Saturday because it had been just sort of one of those games, man, where it's just they can't seem to find exactly the right rhythm. Um, they're, you know, either they're playing really good defense and not hitting shots or they're playing good offense and then just, you know, letting the Hornets get whatever they want on defense there. It, it just was not clicking. And so I think Chris Finch looked at the context of the game and also that Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert and Nas Reed were their three best players uh, in that game up to the point that point. And he said, you know what? I am just going to play my three best players, no matter the size that of them, no matter that they are not traditional uh, three, four, and four. There's Rudy Gobert's a tr- traditional five, but Townsend Reed are not traditional three and four. But they earned that stint together in the fourth because they were just the most reliable players on the court, and. Um, and with Charlotte being a little smaller and not, you know, not not having the size to match up with it, I think it did help the Wolves sort of wrestle back control of that game. And um, and it did. It was another sort of uh, example about the different ways that this team can beat its opponent, whether they go super big like that whether they go a little smaller with just one of the bigs and Kyle Anderson and, 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 and go that way, you know, th- there's all sorts of different things that Chris Finch can throw at an opponent to try and mix it up. They can go man to man defense. They can go zone defense. They got all sorts of different ideas and identities with it. So, um, really encouraging. I think the way that they did play and and Chris Finch said after the game that it did kind of break his heart down the stretch, not to finish with that group because he thought Nas Reed had played so well, but they needed Kyle Anderson out there for a little bit of a different defensive look. And it ended up working out well and they scraped that one away. But uh, that's one of those games we've said it. Like it feels like we've said it about 10 times this year already, Jim, where they would have lost that game last year. They would not have been able to make the adjustments. They would not have had, the uh the optionality to to change things up the way that this team does and they would have lost that game and and everyone would have been upset about it and instead they just kept grinding and found a way and it was unconventional but it really worked and i think that you will see chris finch use that lineup more going forward now because of the success that they had on saturday against charlotte yeah and you know i think we all know that that group could play together offensively. You know, they're all, you know, Towns is very versatile and a willing passer. Nas can play like a shooting guard when he wants to. The real the real test is can you defend with that group and can you have a big on somebody else's small forward, right? A hundred percent. And that's where both Cat and, and Nas have been so, so important um, for their defensive improvements this season. Um, it's not just that they are better in, at the rim because they're all they're all big guys and and you would think that that's a physically imposing lineup and that they can kind of bludgeon people at the rim and then 
And then when uh, opponents try to drive into the paint, there's just too many arms there. And, and it's a, and it's a problem. That is the case, but the bigger key to being able to deploy a unit like that is that Nas Reed for sure. And even cat this season, we have seen be able to move their feet enough to be able to stay in front of PJ Washington in front of miles bridges in front of like Nick Richards or Bryce McGowan's like when, when the Hornets went a little bit smaller, the, the wolves were able to handle that and not just get wrecked by it. And the reason that they were able to handle it is because we have seen enough agility, enough footwork from Nas Reed and Carl Anthony towns to be able to do that. And it, you know, that, that thing, that, that whole lineup all falls apart if they are slow and plotting big men. And, you know, Rudy Gobert said after the game that, you know, people call them bigs, but I don't really look at them as bigs. And, 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 you know, he's referring to their ability, their mobility. And, and so that part of the equation is just enormous for the Wolves ability to play, not only the three of them together, but even to play two of the three together at one time. And, and so that's been the whole key to why this has been successful all season long. And certainly was the key to why those three were able to play together on Saturday. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. I think you'll also enjoy the Viking Update show, Jeff Diamond on the Vikings, our chin music show with Roy Smalley and Lavelle Emil III. Uh, we have just so much good stuff. Russo on hockey, of course, don't do any better than that. Uh, new show with Don Mitchell. She's had a great run of guests. Uh, so much fun to do a show with Don. Uh, John Malay on preps. Check it all out at talknorth.com. We do appreciate you listening. Let's get to this. Uh, Anthony Edwards has made it clear as a, a very talented young player that he wants to play as much as possible. He doesn't take games off just for load management. Of course, he's legitimately injured right now. That's different. Rudy Gobert was listed as questionable on Saturday. I think if Rudy just says, hey, I'm going to take this game off, they probably lose that game. He decides to play, and he not only played, he played extremely well. Yeah, I think that that's been one of one of the reasons, and we, we opened the show with you know why fans are so happy watching this team and why they enjoy this team so much. And one of the biggest elements of this is that it's a group that looks like it wants to play. And in, you know, in this league where load management is fashionable, uh, you look at a situation like Saturday, Rudy Gobert, 31 year old center is added to the injury report on the day of the game with some hip soreness. Now, in my experience covering this league, not just the wolves, but the league in general, when a player is added to the injury report on the day of the game, that generally is a bad sign for their availability that night. Usually it's like they went through shoot around and still there, there's some discomfort or, you know, people are wondering about it. And almost always when you have, especially more of a veteran player like Rudy, but even for some of the younger players as well, um, if they are feeling a, a little off, you know, not not hurt, but they're feeling a little off, a little sore. You look at that sp- specific scenario, Saturday afternoon game in Charlotte, um, you know, Eastern Conference opponent, one that is not very talented. 
you could say that um, the team often would say, hey, Rudy, we're, we're going to play it safe here. Take the day off. Or even the player a lot of times would say, you know what? I don't, I'm not really feeling this. I don't want to play today. I'm just going to I'm going to sit on the bench in my cool street clothes and watch the game and look good and 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 just do it that way. Um, well, Rudy played. And what we are seeing over and over again, Carl Anthony Towns plays through injuries, through, through pain, through bumps and bruises, through discomfort. Anthony Edwards does it. Uh, Nas Reed does it like a, a lot of these guys just they play the games they because it's important to them. And so not only did Rudy play on Saturday, he played 39 minutes, uh, he 26 points, 12 boards, three blocks, 10 to 12 from the field, eight dunks like he was critical to to getting that win, which was important because. The Wolves have Saturday, they have San Antonio on Wednesday, they have Memphis on Friday. Those are three very, very winnable games, and then the schedule gets really tough the rest of December. So piling up as many wins as possible right now is important for this group, and you just see a philosophy that has really started to um, coalesce since Chris Finch came on board as head coach two and a half years ago is like he kind of pushes guys to play. Like there, there is no load management. Like it, he Finch really believes that it's important for his guys to play and play through some adversity because there's going to be points later in the season or in the playoffs where you're sore, you're banged up, you're hurt, and you still got to play and you got to figure it out. And Finch believes in the notion of kind of teaching the body to weather that storm by pushing through it, not by sitting out and resting. And so there is this identity that is built within the Timberwolves and Tim Conley is, is a big proponent of it as well of like, no, we don't load manage, like play the games. Like that's what you're here for. That's your job. And that's the expectation. And so that, that, that example of Rudy doing it on, on Saturday was just the latest of many. And I just think it's really refreshing you know, in an era where we see so many players sitting out um, just, you know, just because they're a little sore just for the sake of it. I think fans are really gravitating to that part of it for the Wolves. And it's an admirable quality for a team to have. So um, good on Rudy for doing it. Good on the team for kind of setting that example and um, and 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 just kind of pushing forward through it. It makes it makes this team definitely kind of uh, um, easier to watch that way. No doubt about it. All right. Much more to get to. Uh, this is going to be a, a very involved show because there's so much going on uh, with the Wolves and the league. We do want to thank TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME. You see the ads everywhere. Well, they can afford to advertise everywhere because they win so many cases that you know they want to bring in more cases because they'll, then they'll win more cases and they can advertise more. It's, it's a great cycle they've gotten into. And it only works because they win cases and they will not charge you unless they win your case. We don't want you to need TSR injury law, but if you need an injury lawyer, you need a good one, an ethical one. And there's no better deal than knowing that they have to win your case for them to be rewarded. TSR injury law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to thank longtime friend and sponsor, Tony Hoagland. He's my State Farm agent. 
This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. Here's the deal. When you combine State Farm home and auto insurance, you save an average of $889 a year. My agency is ready to help you combine home and auto and start saving today. Call 763-421-4900 to start saving. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And John, if you want to tell us about Head Flyer Brewing. Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. Been going there for years with my wife, even long before we had um, any kind of business relationship with them but i can say after getting to know the guys there neil and nate and everyone megan and everyone there it's just a a great group of people running a great establishment and serving great beer most importantly if you go there um you know i i love the wicked jump shot that's my favorite that's my go-to but they have all sorts of different beers different uh seltzers different kind of drinks for you for any kind of of uh, happy hour gathering of any kind of uh, little party that you're having. They are also becoming a go-to destination for Wolves games. So if you don't have tickets to the game, if you're looking to gather with a few friends and watch the games on TV, they have a bunch of TVs and head flyer. It's a big open space and they welcome Wolves fans. They want to make it a destination for Wolves games. So stop by Wednesday night, let's say when they play, the San Antonio Spurs in that kind of makeup game um, fill in game for the in-season tournament. So you get great beer specials. They usually have food trucks out there and most importantly, just having a great beverage in a very cool laid back environment to hang with your friends. So head flyer brewing Northeast Minneapolis, stop in and tell them the John Krasinski show sent you. Yeah. Head flyer. Great place. Uh, Dog friendly as well. Uh, Just Really cool place. We appreciate their, them hosting our live shows as well. All right. Uh, so, Carly, it's fascinating season for Carl Anthony Towns uh, because, you know, you, as you and I talked about during the offseason, he became, I think, unfairly the target of all Timberwolves angst. Uh, and he's easy to pile on because you can say, oh, Jimmy Butler didn't think he was tough and he hasn't won anything. And he complains too much to the refs and he's too demonstrative. And, you know, he, all these things, and, and guess what? He'll go on a podcast and say something I don't agree with or I don't like. He became the easy target for all of Wolves' frustrations. I think it's kind of gratifying for those of us who didn't pile on to see him playing the way he's playing now. He's playing every night. He's playing extremely well. Uh, he's scoring at a high rate. He's rebounding at a high rate. He's a better defender. And he's still an unself for a, a guy who makes his bones scoring. He's also a very good and willing passer. Uh, you could see that he and Gobert uh, had great chemistry on Saturday, as they have since he got here. Uh, and you know what? Here's the other thing: when he complains to the officials, he's usually right. I don't know what the right. I, I don't know what he's going to do. He's, he's in this tough. He's in this difficult position where he doesn't get calls. When he complains about calls. He gets ripped on, and if he doesn't complain about calls, then he's not going to get any calls. Yeah, it's it's it, it's he's always had a weird whistle. I will just say, like, yep. um, I I do think that some of the complaining that he has done in the past, he hasn't done as much of it this year. I think he's been better about it, but there's still times where he where he does, and I, but I do think some of that complaining in his younger days, um put a target on his back because I don't see officials delight in calling a foul on a player. Maybe as much as I do with them with Carl Anthony towns, they love to call the offensive foul on Carl Anthony towns. Sometimes he deserves it. Sometimes he hooks his arm 
um, under the guy by. Sometimes it's a, a little bit of a moving screen. There's there there are some things that he does that that he he earns those. But there are a lot of times where they are very touchy calls that most other players would not get, and he gets it. And and then the the little extra oomph that the that the official puts into the call, sending it back the other way, just kind of goes to. It, it feels like they're just saying. Look, we're tired of your stuff, and I've tired. I, I I don't like. I didn't like hearing from you earlier in 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 this, so I'm just going to give it to you a little bit differently. Um, and so yeah, the, there there have been some absolutely tough issues for him with that, but I do think that he has been much much better this season, relating to officials, not letting either wrong calls or or close calls get him off of his game the way that he did in previous seasons. Um, and there have been, I will say too, uh, plenty of uh, several instances this year where he argues a call where it was clearly that he did commit that foul. Um, yep. And so, so there's all of that mixed in, but basically what I would say from a big picture standpoint is I do think that he seems to be managing that area of the game, which was really an Achilles heel for him before in a much more mature way. And I don't think it's a coincidence that as he has stopped letting that area affect his mental uh, approach to the game so much um, as he's been able to minimize that he's really just become an incredibly effective player on both ends. I mean, I had stats since, since he scored seven points in that win over Boston uh, with, he was in a bunch of foul trouble, really struggled. But since that game a month ago, now he's averaging 24.7 points, shooting 51% from three point range and has a true shooting percentage of 68.3% while also playing very, very good defense. And, um, I think he was the target of so much criticism, A, because he says things that that people don't agree with, but B, because he's been the one constant over the last nine years. Players have come and gone. Executives have come and gone. Even owners are starting to shift a little bit now. But Carl Anthony Towns has been the one player there through it all. And so he is unfairly shouldered a lot of the blame for what has and has not worked. But there is no doubt in my mind that the ceiling of this team rests on his shoulders. So we know Ant is great. We know Rudy is, 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 has, has re resurrected his career, re, you know, had a big resurgence this season. Mike Conley's been huge. Uh, Jade McDaniel's getting back healthy will be big. Uh, you know, Kyle Anderson, Nasri, all of them, they're, they're all very, very important to what this team does. And they are all big reasons for why the team is where it is right now. But this team will not, if this team wants to really do something, Western Conference Finals, NBA Finals, which is not out of the realm of possibility right now. It feels crazy to say it, but it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. If they want to attain that level, Carl Anthony Towns has to play like he's playing right now. They cannot do it without him doing that way. That's just facts. And so I do think that people are starting to 
recognize that maybe a little bit more. Um, you have seen since Ant has been out with the injury, Cat had 32 to beat Utah. He had 28, 7, and 5 against Charlotte. He's been phenomenal. And, like, that's the kind of thing that he's always been capable of. If you put a good team with good coaches and good teammates around him, he's going to thrive in that. He just hasn't had that many opportunities to do it. Now he's getting that, and we're seeing the results of it. It was a few games ago. It was a home game. I can't remember who it was against exactly, but uh, Towns drove to the rim from the top of the key. He did hook the defender. He did call for hooking the defender, and then Finch went to the referee and said, yeah, okay, he hooked it. I understand that. But he hooked the guy because the guy was fouling him the yeah. entire drive, and his reaction was to hook him. And I think that's the point Finch is trying to make to these guys is, is Towns gets bodied up and pushed and shoved and fouled, and sometimes he gets called for the reaction to that instead of you know them recognizing why he reacted that way. It's a great point. Uh, Finch has brought that up a lot. And I do think it's also indicative of the sort of scout that is out there yep. on him. Yep. Their players believe that if you do get physical with him, you can bully him, you can rattle him, you can get him off of his game. And so that is the game plan that most opponents bring into it every night, especially, Jim, when a team chooses to put a smaller guy on him to cover, whether it's, you know, Nicholas Batum, the Celtics used Drew Holiday, um, the Warriors went small on him a few times. And what happens in those instances is when you have a, a small guy guarding a big, usually that small guy can get away with a heck of a lot more than what, say, Carl Anthony Towns could do uh, on the other end against Drew Holiday if they ever got matched up. So um, they take advantage of the leeway that officials give them. And and it really is tough for, for Kat sometimes to deal with. And, and it is what Chris Finch argues about all the time is they are initiating the contact early and then Carl is responding with the hook or with lowering his shoulder or doing something like that to get those calls. And so that is the thing that the Wolves are trying to illustrate to officials and to not great effect so far, I would say. Right. Uh, you would hope that the officials would come around. Uh, it's, it's a hard game to officiate. I don't like picking on officials. I just think that uh, I think they get into patterns and just like all human beings do. And I would like to see them adjust this pattern just for the sake of fairness. Uh, you know, I'm not a homer. I just want, I like, I'd like to see people, uh, have their game. I, a, I like to see people uh, officiate games properly. And B, I just, I'm tired of the narrative. I'm tired of, of talking about Towns complaining about calls when he actually did get fouled. Uh, let's get on to Ant McDaniels when they're coming back. And what the, as you mentioned, I want to get into what the new expectations for this franchise should be. Uh, first, though, we have John's world famous and world infamous Manscaped commercial. Mary Ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that celebrations are starting early this year? It turns out the perfect gift does exist, and who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below-the-waist grooming? Keep calm and let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand-new Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, featuring the new Lawnmower 5.0 with Watch All Your Wishes and Mistletoe Kisses Come True. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com and use the code ATHLETIC 
for 20% off and free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Manscaped's Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all. Included in this special sack is the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Manscaped's liquid formulations, and two free gifts. Starting with Santa's number one helper, we have the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. This fifth-generation trimmer features two next-gen blade heads, a standard trimmer blade for taking a little off the top, and a new foil blade to go for that smooth finish wherever your heart desires. Now that you've groomed the candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Crop Soother Aftershave Lotion and Crop Preserver Anti-Chafe Ball Deodorant. Once they touch your sack, you'll never go back. Once you've done shape, once you're done shaping up, it's only right you put your pants presents in the best wrapping at all. The ba- the boxers 2.0. These are seriously the best boxers I've ever worn. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code athletic. Also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar, home, business, or both at allenergysolar.com slash coach or just go to allenergysolar.com and do what I do and educate yourself on the benefits of solar energy. So, Ant McDaniels, uh, as you said, three winnable games coming up. Uh, first is Wednesday night at home against San Antonio. Do you expect Ant and or McDaniel's back by then? I think that Ant will. Ant has a good chance of getting back. I, I so we're we are recording this on Monday morning. We'll get some more updates at practice a little bit later this afternoon. Um, but it, it it would seem to me that a full week off for Anthony Edwards should be helpful and, and, and put him in pretty good position to play that game against San Antonio. Uh, I think, I don't think Jaden McDaniels yet. Um, he is the last time we checked last week, he was starting to do some on court work, just some shooting, some light work. So I think he'll have to ramp up a little bit more before we see him. But uh, the good news is, is that they have a couple of practices on, on Monday and Tuesday before that game Wednesday. They will also have probably some kind of a workout on Thursday before they go to Memphis on Friday. So he's got a lot of chances to get some on-court work in with the group um, over the next week here. And I would expect that he can make real tangible progress. So it may be a little bit early on Wednesday for him to play, but I think that we would expect to hear this week that uh, he's getting closer and closer and and should get back. The other the other guy to to mention is Jordan McLaughlin. He is starting to do on court work as well, and he would be a nice little addition uh, to to bring back to the rotation and give them another ball handler. Again, no timeline yet for him as well, but uh, another both everyone seems to be making really good progress and 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 trending closer to returning um in the next, I don't know, I would say week or so. Good. Well, that, that all sounds promising. Uh, what do you make of Victor Wembenyama? Well, I'm so bad with the names. Wembenyama. Uh, what do you make of his start, and do we expect to see him on Wednesday night? Well, um, I what I make of it is, I mean, he's been everything that you could have hoped for, I think. Um, 
you know, for a 19 year old, seven foot four coming from France. Um, he's had a couple of huge games. And so there hasn't been maybe the night in and night out dominance, but that he's a rookie. He's that's what's going to happen. Um, he, you know, he had scored like at least 20 points in, in four straight games before he did not play against, uh, the, uh, the, the Pelicans. Um, so I think that he's going, I would think that he, there's a good chance that he plays on, on Wednesday, but we'll have to just see how the updates go as we get a little bit closer there. Um, but the Spurs themselves, they they've just they just keep losing right now and and it's clear that they are not in any sort of hurry to start winning they're trying to work on a, <laughs> a, several of their guys they're trying to trying to build this thing up but but Wembanyama has been great um there's been some unbelievable nights that he's had there's also been some nights where hey he's nine po- he scores nine points over four from the from three and and things of that nature so he's working through it but I do think that you you see the makings of a player that in another two years, once he kind of gets the league together and gets his body underneath him, um, I don't know I don't know how you're going to stop him. Troy Brown has uh, contributed greatly lately. Uh, he's kind of the tenth man in an I man rotation when they're fully healthy. I'm curious who's who else on that bench could contribute? Do you think this year? Well, yeah, I get a lot of you know questions from fans you know, when's when's josh minot going to get some time when's Leonard miller going to get some time and it's just like guys like they're the number one team in the west yeah yep. they're the number one team in the west and this team is is a really deep team and and so where would you rather where would you have them play instead of who are you going to play leonard miller instead of nas reed you're not going to so um their time will come eventually but just right now with the way that this team is playing with the way that they're constructed, uh, it, it is definitely prioritizing winning games in the present more than developing for the future. And so most of the development for some of the young guys is going to happen in Iowa this season. That's, that's the, that's the real thing. I do think that when you look at sort of how the nine, 10 man rotation is shaking out to this point, um, Troy Brown Jr., I think, is certainly leapfrogging Shake Milton on the pecking order. Yep. Shake continues to really struggle. He can't, he's, he's not shooting well at all. He looks like he's aiming the ball every time he shoots it, which means like it feels like he's trying to make four shots every time he, he, he takes one to kind of make up for this poor start. He does not look comfortable. And so I think that at the start of the season, Shake was was maybe the seventh man behind, or maybe eight. So it probably went, you know, Nas Reed, Kyle Anderson, and then Shake. And now I think it's going to be Nas Reed, Kyle Anderson, Troy Brown Jr. And then when Jordan McLaughlin comes back, I could see him getting time over Shake Milton until he kind of finds a rhythm and 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 feels it feels himself out a little bit more. But um, you know, uh, when you look at the bench in general. Uh, when Nas Reed is scoring like he did against Charlotte, it looks really, really good. Um, when he's having a more average game, Kyle Anderson has not played well offensively from a scoring efficiency standpoint this year, and Shake has really struggled. So they, I think they want to try to find a way to get that second unit going 
from a scoring standpoint better. And that's where Troy Brown has come in. His shooting has been better. He hits three-pointers. Uh, he seems to be a little bit more reliable that way. And so he's wedged himself into the rotation very nicely with just offense and defense. And I think that they want the, the, to get Kyle Anderson going a little bit more, whereas Shake, I think, is kind of hanging on by his fingernails to minutes in this rotation right now. And uh, why do you think Nick's got some run? Just be, got almost like as a Jordan McLaughlin replacement? Yeah, yep, it was. Um, in that moment, in that game against Utah, um, Chris Finch said that he just needed another ball handler out there. Um, and so that's why Nick's got it. And instead of say my not is that um, with Ant out, with Jordan McLaughlin out, and that they needed just somebody to give them eight, 10 minutes to let Mike Conley get a little bit of a breather. And I thought Nick's did a really good job of going in and not um, being a detriment. And, you know, when you're a two-way player who hasn't played all season, the, the whole, the bar is just don't screw everything up. And he didn't do that. He went in, they were a plus um, in his minutes. They, they and, and so he did a good job. Now, what does that say? about Wendell Moore Jr. though. That's the that's the mm -hmm. question because normally you would say you would pick the first round draft pick, the guy who has been getting time at point guard in Iowa that you're trying to groom into being more of a ball handler and 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 sort of a lead guard type of a role and um so to choose Knicks over Moore tells you that they don't seem to be pleased with how Wendell's development is coming along. And so I thought that was a little bit eye-opening to me is that um is that Nick's got those minutes over more and that just kind of says that they're a little bit more confident I think probably in Nick's shooting ability and his ability to knock down a shot or two. He did hit a three-pointer I think in that game against Utah than they are about Wendell Moore right now. And so doesn't mean it's going to be that way all the time, but right now uh I think it speaks both to the work that Knicks has done and and also to Wendell Moore not yet grabbing those minutes um, that the way that the Wolves wanted him to. Let's get a final thought from John. Thanks again for listening to TalkNorth.com and the John Krasinski Show. We do appreciate it. Uh, patronize our sponsors if you get the chance. And subscribe at your favorite podcast app to this or any show you like at the network. It's the easiest way to listen. It's also absolutely free. All right, John, wrap up the show any way you like. Yeah, just a little bit of flowers of Mike Conley um, for yeah. his game on 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 Saturday against Charlotte. He was at one point in the game, and it was early in the fourth quarter. He was one for seven from three point range, um, and those were all the shots that he had taken. He missed six of his seven shots. They were all threes. Couldn't buy a bucket was just did not was not dialed in and was one and missing all those shots was one of the reasons the game was a lot closer maybe than it should have been but down the stretch we saw the floor general really take control he made some great great decisions in terms of um you know when to pass who to pass to uh there was a time you know that he had Rudy Gobert with a small on him near the rim that would have been easy to just dump it down to him and try and get him to go to work. He backed off of that, got a better shot for, uh, I think it was Troy Brown Jr., um, got a three, and and just really orchestrated 
the offense in a way that got that turned down good shots and got great shots. And then he also made a big three point play down the stretch and a bunch of free throws as well. So even in a game where he couldn't find his shot early on, he still found a way to be incredibly impactful. 14 points, 10 assists. His last five minutes of the fourth quarter were an absolute masterclass in how to run a team and how to get them to the finish line um, in a game where you're in a dogfight that you maybe didn't expect. So um, big ups to Mike on, on that. And um, he's just he's just essential to what they're doing. Great stuff. Great stuff from John. Thank you, John. You can also hear John on the Viking Update show. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to the John Krasinski show and talk to work.com.